welcome to Uncultured Capital. We are your hosts, Nina. And Hannah. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about what has been referred to as Magic Day, or usually in YouTube videos, some drama in the Magic the Gatherer community. Every YouTube video starts off with some drama in the Magic the Gathering community. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So I don't know about you, how do you feel about gate as a suffix? To me, it's pretty much like, it. oh, some really bad shit's been happening. (laughs) Like, as a suffix and even as, like, a prefix in some ways, because you still have the whole gatekeeping thing. Right, yeah. Um, You know, which happens in loads of things. It's like, who, me, a girl in nerddom, knowing about gatekeeping? Pull the other one. (laughs) No, it's total lies. Uh, I don't really like the suffix gate. I, I think, because, I mean, originally it was Watergate, that was the thing. Mm, yeah. And, I mean, everybody uses it for everything. Do you remember Dressgate, where it's just like, even the word doesn't actually sound good? No, and that was uh, the blue and black or gold and white dress. It was stupid. <laughs> it was because it, it was stupid because, like, why do we even give a shit? Like, why do we care if someone sees, like, people getting super angry about it. Like, why? Yeah. Um, they were really, really, really <clears throat> angry, and it was like, it's a lighting issue it is an optical illusion we we do this we we look at these things all the time and like this is fun but because now people are so invested in a dress it's ridiculous so i'm going to as sort of like a protest is i'm not going to stop using the gate suffix but i'm just going to make it sound as ridiculous as possible so instead of calling this magic gate i'm going to call it magic the gather gate for the rest of the episode and it's going to get really annoying and that's your fault for liking to use gate at the end of stuff Fuck you, Gamergate. Started it. <laughs> All right, so let's start introduction to Magic the Gather Gate. So I'm not going to go into, well, we're not going to go into, I don't know, you've never played Magic before, have you? Never. Okay, I have played with, I used to play in high school a little bit, but not all that much. I did have my own deck, but that's about the extent of it. Um, I started playing recently, basically my friend Steven, who you guys will remember from last episode. Um, my friend Steven invited me, he's going to like, he invited a few people over. We were going to start this sort of game to learn the rules. He made it very easy for us. Um, and basically, my friend Ant crushed me. Um, I don't know. Something that you guys might not know because I'm really charming is that I'm actually really uh, bad at playing games with people. So my mom says I am a sore loser, but an even worse winner. I've had boards thrown at me. I've had people tell me that they can't play the game anymore because I've ruined it for them. Um, my friend Jess says that I think it's uh, really endearing, but it's actually really horrible. But basically what happened is my friend Amber beat me at playing Magic, and now I've decided that I need to crush her. I got a whole bunch of cards from Rob, who you remember from the Incels episode. And um, even when I was playing that with him, I was kind of... Um, I mean, it wasn't a good sport, but I, he doesn't really seem to care because I don't think he really has a soul. But, like, I was kind of making him, so every time I'd win a game, I'd kind of make him read out how many points, say that I won by this many points, meaning the amount of points that I'd won, and make him say it as a specific um, separate statement after I'd won. I know I have issues, which I am trying to cull because I really do like games and I really want people to continue playing with me. (laughs) This is one of those duly noted moments where I'm just like, don't play games with Nina. Because I already have also have issues with games more in the sense that I find them terrifying because I'm scared that if I don't know the rules, I'll get chewed out. 
Yeah, when I was hearing, we were talking about a little bit before, when Hannah was saying that, I was like, oh yeah, I'd totally be the one to do that. Yeah. So, I probably won't play games with Nina. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one of the, maybe those games where there's no points involved. Yeah, like, like um, D&D or something, where it's yeah. like you're working together instead of trying to be competitive. Beach one another, yeah. Yeah, so basically what we've sort of established so far is that Hannah and I are completely incompatible playing games together. Mm. Which is fine. We never have to play games. We can get along in other ways. We can do a podcast together. Yeah. We're working together as a team. Well, if you ever play... If you if you if you come play Pathfinder with us when mm. we play, I'm really slutty in game. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really slutty paladin. It's really fun. We actually had like a really good time. For any like, there's this sort of ish, medical issues that one of our friends is having um, with regards to playing, and so we've and it's also been holidays. So we haven't been able to play again, but um, recently. But I am. Like my, I'm a, I'm a paladin. My strength and charisma is high, and I like to use that for my sexual angles. purposes. Yeah, pretty much. Like everybody else is trying to get information out of people, and I'm just like, okay, so I want to ask this person to leave my room because I'm done. Um. Oh yeah, and also this episode's coming out late because I'm going to Melbourne tomorrow. Um. And Hannah was just away, and we just kind of managed to squeeze this in, like in like the two days that we're both in brisbane in brisbane yeah we literally was it was literally one of those situations where i was just like i have tomorrow lunchtime and we were like <laughs> let's fucking do it yeah we just managed to sort of squeeze it in so um it'll probably come out sometime next week what you'll need to know about this episode basically a rundown of what magic is it's a trading card game so a lot of it has to do with they sort of uh they bring out new packs every few months or new sort of things i don't know fuck you listen to a magic channel if you want to know but basically you get these cards you fight people um, or you battle them, you're a wizard or like a planeswalker or something, and you're supposed to be trying to knock out your opponent. You start off with 20 lives, um, and using like, say, creatures and sorcery, you sort of knock down the other person's life until they don't have any life and you win. So that's basically the premise of the game. It sounds okay. super involved, and I have never ever played, like, the closest I've ever gotten to doing anything to do with magic is I made a card recently. Oh, yeah, that was really cute for your friend's uh, uh, girlfriend. Yeah, it was a birthday gift, and I got commissioned to make this card. And so because I also made, like, I got a high-resolution resolution image of a card that I scrubbed and then put in the information, but I seriously I had to send it back and forward to the guy, like, six times for editing because I have no idea how the wording is. Like, it was written yeah. down, but, like, I wanted everything to look correct. You wanted the flavor text to look good as well. Yeah, so... The sweet, sweet flavor text. So, yeah, that was really... That was the, that's the closest I've ever gotten to magic ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, it was interesting, but it was also very much like, oh, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm writing this thing, but I have no idea what I'm typing. So, like, it's it's sort of, I guess the appeal of it is two-pronged. One, on one side, it's the battle, the game, playing the game. Mm-hmm. That's fun. The other half is sort of the collectible nature of everything, because there is so much new content coming out, and that some stuff is rare. It makes it's... me think of, like, back in the day when I played with Pokemon cards. Well, interestingly enough, so what we're going to be talking about today is Wizard of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own the Pokemon trading card game as well now. You'll need to know a few key things. Um, you could go through your whole life without playing Magic the Gathering. Um, I might also call it MTG because that's easier for me. Um, so you can go through your whole life without playing it, but then there are a lot of people who really, really like it. That's all you really need to know about the fandom. It's just like, 
it is something that people get obsessed with. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. You've heard of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe you haven't played it, but people really get into it and they really um and yeah. same thing with magic the gathering and it's managed to last you know over 20 years which is pretty decent for a card game trading card game usually they kind of fold or they used to fold i guess pokemon's still going strong wizards of the coast publish um magic the gathering they also publish dungeons and dragons and um the pokemon trading card game you know they're pretty big people know them yeah um and as far as Gameplay goes, you'll also need to know that there is Magic Online, which is most um, commonly referred to as MTGO. It's a virtual version of the game. And so today, most of who we're going to be talking about is this guy, Jeremy. Um, I'm going to stay like, so he's got this issue with people using his full name in articles and, and stuff, I guess because he's being doxxed, which is fair enough. I'm not going to use his full name, I'm just going to say Jeremy. But the issue here is whether or not when you use his sort of monikers so he was formerly mtg headquarters um he's sort of he's got a lot of different twitter and youtube accounts um so he's got unsleeved media is one of his main ones we're also going to be talking about a quartering today um which is a different youtube channel um and so trying to keep all of this sort of together and you know still sound like we're talking about the same person it's going to be really difficult and annoying basically so i'm just going to call him jeremy and there are like a billion Jeremy's in the world. Probably not a billion. Oh, obviously not a billion. But there are a lot of Jeremy's in the world. So it's not going to be like a... It turns can... out one-seventh of the population of the world is called Jeremy. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It's all... <laughs> you know, knowing my luck, it would probably be like something like there's only one Jeremy in the world and you've just totally forgotten about it. You just think Jeremy's a common name. But it is a common name. And yeah, so we're just going to use Jeremy. It's just going to be easier that way. Um, so he is what he calls a content creator. So he has a YouTube channel or a few YouTube channels, as we said, basically. He does a few different kind of videos, but he's, what he's mostly known for, or what he was originally known for before all this shit, is um, unboxing videos. Do you know what an unboxing oh, video yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. Um, Those so are... Do you want to explain it? Because I don't really, like, I mean, I think it's like a vicarious thrill thing. Yeah, I think that there's, like, there's there's a few reasons why people watch those kind of things. Like, there's the vicarious thrill that you, you mentioned, like, people like to see it. There's also, I think, I've watched some with an element of interest about a product. So if I know that someone's opening the product, that means that I get to see what it comes with. Okay, and yeah. And you can kind of see the quality and everything, yeah. which you can't always get from, like, a web page because they're always going to show its best side, whereas when people unbox it, you can, like, Look at this phone. It comes in this packet. I open the packet. I take out the phone. Here is the phone in my hand. And yeah. like turning it on and watching it function. Um, that can be kind of handy. Um, I don't think that that's generally what people watch it for. Yeah. Like, it sort of it falls under the same kind of thing for me as like haul videos and as well. Like hauls and unboxing. So a haul video is when people frequently it's 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 very common in like the beauty blogger scene and fashion blogger scene okay. they go out and they buy a heap of stuff and then they film themselves showing everything that they got oh okay right so it's kind of like a yeah i think part of it's got to be like because magic's really expensive right like if yeah you, if you want to get so it's prohibitively it. expensive so a lot of people wouldn't be able to afford it so they they Watch do not want people. to live vicariously through other people. Like, I can't, like, with unboxing, I can't really think of other reasons. Like, if yeah. you're interested in the product, that's one thing. Um, I think predominantly it's, as you say, the vicarious thrill. Like, you want to feel the, like, excitement of opening something new 
yeah. through somebody else. Yeah, feeling that sort of excitement and also like, you know, it would be it would be really cool if you could do that all the time mm. as well. I mean, that's if you've got like a YouTube channel, you're going to be doing that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in with this as well, with the um, MTG, I imagine that there would also be the thrill of the unknown because whatever you, if you yeah. bought the same set and they, he bought the same set as you, you could see what random cards he would get and you could compare. Yeah, you could be like, oh, well, my pack was better, better my or... pack was worse, oh my god, I can't believe he got that card, you know. Like, I wanted that card so badly. Yeah. Which I think would be, like, a little bit dangerous if you were a little bit sensitive. But, <laughs> you know, I personally don't get it. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, I've, I've sort of heard about them and I see people who to each their really own. love them. And, yeah, it's fine. If that's something that you really like to watch, then... Go for it. I mean, you know, it's. I had a really, fun. I had a really good um thing, a really good analogy for when you you watch things that a lot of people don't like, and a lot of people refer to them as guilty pleasures. But this analogy really, really, really worked for me, and it's like fast food for your brain. Sometimes, like, yeah, okay. you don't glor- revel in going to Macca's for a burger or a hash brown, really. But sometimes that's just what you want. Yeah, it's something that you really crave. Meanwhile, when you were saying that thing about unboxing, like to make sure that you've got what you what to make sure that the inside matches the out, I guess something mm-hmm. that you know they should do unboxings for like Big Macs and stuff. I guess because it's like you know how the picture always looks yeah like, so much more better than like what you actually get. I mean, it's maybe maybe that should be uh, maybe I should start doing unboxing of. McDonald's unboxing, um, fast food, and being like, so this is the picture, and this is what I got. This pile of shit. <laughs> yeah. So today's sort of we're going to be looking at two parts of Magic the Gather Gate, and just sort of how it's evolved. It basically just revolves around this one guy, Jeremy. There are also other players involved, but he's sort of caused like it's. Right now, I think it's basically him against the larger MTG community who just kind of want him to go away, even though he's very, very tenaciously not going away. All I can think about, like, I've only seen little snippets of him, but the only thing I can think of is, like, a toddler with a a pot and a wooden spoon being like, (laughs) Pay attention to me! There is... I'm relevant! It has a list of courage girls. I don't, I don't remember how many, but like you know, it's one of those things. We'll start off with part one first, um, which is sort of like the Twitter storm. Um, so a little while after the heat of Gamergate, so this is May two thousand sixteen. But as we've established earlier, Gamergate hasn't really ever died. Like it's just still a thing that people care about, and like it's sort of like in the background festering. Yeah, like the fire is gone, but the embers are still hot, and there's a, there's definitely you know. Some burning yeah. in there. <laughs> That's a good analogy for it, actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's the flames have died down, but the embers they still they still are hot. And this, it's surprising how much content is being still made about Gamergate. I guess because it's still relevant. So May 2016, Jeremy gets into a bit of a Twitter fiasco. Something that you should know about is Twitter. I guess is that it's always a little bit like he he tends to generally the way that he describes himself is that he speaks his mind and he's unfiltered the way that you hear him on twitter is the way that he is in real life i don't doubt that exactly or or actually um but anyway so he takes offense when a prominent 
MTG player Louise Scott Vargas um, posted links to a podcast about how women may feel unwelcome or unsafe in magic spaces, like male-dominated spaces, I guess. And that's maybe why they don't all join the community. And it's something that Jeremy always says is that um, community is a word used to control people, which is um, quite it's quite interesting. That's quite dramatic. Oh, Key's a very dramatic person. Um, just I'm getting that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he takes offense and he starts engaging with people who kind of like they basically what they're saying is that because he has a penis, he may not really be able to understand how certain slurs, certain jokes that come across that make them feel unwelcome or unsafe. And he might not be able to understand it because he does have a penis. He's like, my genitals and my race have nothing to do with it. People are like, well, they kind of do. You know, um, it, it was generally this thing. He gets into like this little rant about it. And honestly, when you read it, it's like, I mean, there is a trans joke um, in there where someone tweets at him. Where, what is it? Desolate and Magic um, tweets at his handle. This was when he was still MTG headquarters. Yeah. So he tweets at his handle, I identify as a planeswalker and I demand my own bathroom. To which he responds, send your urine into the ether. It's a really crass joke and it is sort of like, you know, when you're debating the lives of trans people, it's not necessarily so great to make jokes about that debate. Because... Um, not funny for certain people you know it's actually like you know whether or not they whether or not they deserve the right to exist um which is kind of sad that we're in that position but there you go such is life (laughs) but yeah so it's essentially like like he i personally when i read it because i saw this all on the sargon magic live stream which is interesting um i didn't quite get into that (laughs) um it's uh, it's two hours of um general trash so <laughs> well i was gonna do it on double speed so it only had to be one hour of trash but um unfortunately i ran out of time um i was away over christmas in a place where apparently the internet is but a dream <laughs> <laughs> um but in the twitter sort of tired jeremy is calling people um or using terms like sheep and beta i don't think he's calling anyone specifically a sheep or a beta he's just using these as terms for like a general thing about magic players something that he seems to think is that there are a lot of thirsty beta males in magic um that there are a lot of there aren't a lot of alphas or um you know and that sort of influences the way that things go which is very very telling considering he still that he adheres to the whole like alpha beta male Uh... thing What's my favorite line? It's just like it's been disproven over and over again, and it's like only affects wolves yeah. in captivity. So it's like it's kind of funny and ironic that you know they're basically they're basically saying by calling themselves alpha, by like if you like they'd be they're bragging about how self-important they would be if you locked them in a cage. <laughs> so um, certain tweets that he has made. Uh, that they've been screenshotted that are sort of unrelated to this thing in general. Um, he calls, um, he calls campus feminist views cancerous, um, and says he says these two conflicting things. One thing is, um, alpha personalities are the ones making all the money in MTG. Talk to any vendor, they're capitalizing on your betaness. Then there's another thing that he says, which is cox and white knights drive the entirety of the narrative so like which one is it who is like oh in the mtg community sorry he says the mtg community is not ready for the truth 
Cox and White Knights drive the entirety of the narrative. So he's saying basically that like one, like alphas are more successful, but then also that Cox and White Knights are the ones who are more successful. And which I think is implied beta. <laughs> yeah, which is, Im- yeah, it's it's a weird sort of thing. And he's, um, there's... Well, we all know that these people are never consistent. <laughs> They're arguing. <laughs> They're like, they say exactly what is going to be the most helpful for them right at that second, even if it's conflicting. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's um uh, something that, like stuff that he says is crass, but it's like on the other hand, if you weren't a public persona, probably would not be anything that anyone would bat an eyelid. It wouldn't be something that you would be shamed for if he wasn't a public persona. That is something that we should probably establish: is that he's a person who he's created a lot of Magic the Gathering content. He has lots of followers. He is someone. He was the biggest channel for a while. That's um, just it. If you're going to position yourself so that you are talking to loads of people like he's a content creator he calls himself that and with that there does come a responsibility to everybody else in the world that you know you're going to be held accountable for the things you say and yeah maybe you didn't want that but that's the risk of becoming a public figure like you you lose some of your not rights but you lose some of the ability to speak as freely as you may have done in the past yeah and that it's it's a weird one because even even when you're on the in the left wing like you have to be really careful with what you say because like yeah that's definitely leftists leftists against leftist on leftist dragging is like real and really frustrating like (laughs) it's like if you have some constructive criticism that's amazing and i think that that's really really helpful to a lot of content creators i I have a lot of criticisms at the moment around uh left-wing social communities and this like uh desire for perfection so i think that in a lot of ways part of the only like part of the right-wing that I like is that they tend to support one another and yeah. maybe talk to each other about like the issues that they they have with their wording sometimes. Sometimes, but then there's also like you know the split between the skeptics and um, the um, I guess the dick bags. Um, is what I'm gonna go. Have you seen? Fuck. We're gonna take a little like, detour, detour right now because David Serini. Did you see? What I posted, on, on, I posted on the Uncolded Capital page. Davis Harini uploaded a video, and it's got it got recommended to me basically now because all my like, I mean, apart from the YouTubers that I subscribe to, um, there's also the fact that I watch a lot of shit. I've been like on on Sleep Media and the Quartering pretty much constantly for like two weeks now, so I generally it get, came up as a recommended post. This came up as a recommended post. It was a video by Davis Harini. Crap emulates the skeptic community. He doesn't actually describe what happened. He just says that like the skeptics are getting it's like this infighting between the uh between the alt rights and the skeptics. And um something that really yeah, it's it's amazing, but something that's something that's great that's happened. It's so great. So you know how he's gotten rid of MacArthur? The yeah, his skull his friend. Skull friend. <laughs> he's now replaced it. So he's sitting there, he's drinking his drink, obviously. He's as... drinking his whiskey with ice in it, which is horrible and not drinking it really yeah. he just like lets it touch his lips oh uh, he did actually drink it i think in this video i can't remember Ooh. specifically but Ooh. i think he has actually tried to improve on this stuff what like improve on his image but what he uh, like after oh, the h12 guy immolated him yeah um, <laughs> what um so he's sitting on a he's sitting on an armchair and next to him there's just this fucking sword there's just a sword there's just a sword randomly in his like living room or his bedroom or wherever the fuck he is. 
There's just a sword right next to his armchair, standing upright. Does he take it with him to other videos? Did you look at any other videos? I, then he takes I it should him. have looked at it, but it, like people were commenting on it. Like, what the fuck's with the sword? Or like, why do Your you have dog, a sword? what's up with the sword? Yeah. Why, why do you now have a sword? So he's replaced the carpet with a sword. I don't know if he thinks that's because it makes him cooler. It doesn't. Maybe it's because it's more phallic. Because he's yeah. so alpha. <laughs> I'm so alpha. Look at my sword. Oh, he does think he's so it's, alpha. It's a reflection of my sword wonk. <sighs> Oh, God. <laughs> if I ever saw David Serenity's penis, I would probably just, like, self-immolate. Um, I might vomit on you to try and stop the immolation. <laughs> I'd have all this extra vomit. <laughs> it just vomit. come out of nowhere. Just when he showed his penis, I just automatically started, like, vomiting up everything that I'd ever eaten. Like, exorcist style. <laughs> like, just, like, <laughs> fountains. At least I'd be able to put out the fire. But the, <laughs> but the, I think the, I think the acids might sting on your burns a bit. But you wouldn't be on fire. Yeah, but I think like if I did see David Serenity's penis, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> so it's all over. I, I can never recover from this moment. <laughs> anyway, um, so we were, yeah, they, um, so like there is sort of like, yeah, but I understand what you mean, where they're sort of like they will forgive each other miswordings. They won't necessarily on. We've sort of gotten into the space, I guess, publicly now, and there is sort of like a difference between feminist critique and also dragging, which is what you said, Hannah. But yeah. like, there is sort of like this thing where it's like we need to sort of like, if someone doesn't say everything the right way, there is a sort of snap decision sometimes where it's like, well, this person isn't welcome here anymore, or like this person is completely 100% wrong because they said this one thing, and like everybody's a shitty feminist, like. It's just something that we all we all try to do yeah. the best that we can. There's no perfect feminist. There's no there's no perfect person. No, like, exactly. We're all learning as we go, and the hypocrisy of like saying that you need to be perfection, you know. And you know, you could think that something is perfectly reasonable, and you will have had it backed up by other people, and then you know, times will change, yeah. and it becomes not as okay, or like the the conversation or the vocabulary has changed so it's also an adaptable thing yeah and yeah. and we when we learn more about you know other people's um fucking situations plans. yeah other people's situations then we um then we sort of um like that's how we sort of grow and evolve as people like make things sort of better um uh there's like so stuff that is sort of Posted something that it's sort of like like I just want to also point out that these sort of opinions that he had back at this time were pretty standard sort of like uh you, you know your standard sort of like average leftist person who like doesn't believe in feminism you know um sort of like uh something that he says is no good looking females with personality no good looking males with personality these are facts that's just a random tweet that had been sort of screenshot it's counterproductive it's not true um and <laughs> It's, it's just kind of pointless, but it's something that you can, like, it's something that you would hear at sort of like a bar or something, like, there are no good, there are no people who are attracted with personalities, it's just like, fine, whatever, like, that's just something that someone random would say. If he wasn't a public figure, this probably wouldn't be an issue for him, people would probably think, oh, this guy's just a dick, or some people would think, aha, he's so funny, I really sort of relate to his tweets, or some people might be on the fence, but basically it probably wouldn't be a big deal. The issue is that he is a public person, he is sharing content he's doing these unboxing videos and even though wizards of the coast don't pay him they are benefiting off that obviously they're getting those sorts of fans but then there are also people who in that community who do don't who don't like that sort of commentary and it is you know offensive a lot of it is offensive and a lot of it is just 
poor taste. I think that a big part of why when you're in those positions you need, you do get held more accountable is because you just reach significantly more people yeah. when you're in that position. Definitely. And so you have more people to affect. And more people are going to come and like sort of uh, the brigading thing where it's mm. like someone tweets something bad or something like out of poor taste. Uh, you remember, do you know the Justine Sarko thing? Maybe a might have talked about it with you before, but like maybe like you'll remember it when I talk about it. Yeah. Justine Sarko, and you probably remember it happening, actually. So Justine Sarko, um, she um posted some tweet, I can't remember exactly what the wording was, but she was going to Africa and then she was like, um, I hope I don't get AIDS. Oh, that's okay, I'm white. She was basically making a joke about the fact that um, There's an, a massive horrific AIDS epidemic. In well, it. no, she was like the whole point of her joke was that like white people tend to think like, oh, okay, I'm not going to get this like they because they live in such a bubble they don't. Mm. And that was the way that the joke was intended. She also had like a hundred followers at that time, so it was just like her friends and stuff. She didn't mean it to be public. It was a poor joke that could easily be taken out of context, and it was. Yeah. Well, like, you you stated it, and my thought was, like, she's making light of the yeah. epidemic in the countries of Africa. Yeah, which is, <laughs> it wasn't her intention, but that was what happened, like, what how people interpreted it, and it was because it was, you know, it wasn't right, but, um, yeah, she ended up, like, she was sent for weeks, death threats, rape threats, um, she was fired from her job, and this all just sort of happened in this, like, big rush and then it kind of died down. But it was sort of like, you know, this pile on when we see something and we're like, oh my God, how horrible has this, like, how horrible? Because when I first read the tweet, I, because it obviously came up in my newsfeed, I was like, oh, this is someone who is, um, like, you know, someone who just doesn't understand and, or doesn't understand the way the disease sort of is spreading in Africa and that, like, there's, like, I mean, I always get really frustrated because, like, so much of why the AIDS epidemic is so intense is because of colonialism and yes. like, the forced um, religious indoctrination yeah, with Christianity. Not using protection and yeah. stuff like that. And you're just like, oh god. But it's yeah. So she was she was kind of making she, what she was trying to do was she was trying to make fun of white people who who are like, oh, I won't get AIDS because I'm white. Yeah. So it was it was she was trying to make fun of people who would think that, but then it comes off as her looking like a person who does that. It was poorly worded joke but she got supremely harassed for it she also didn't think that anyone was going to see it um, yeah i, I mean if you thing. only have 100 followers that's the kind of thing where it's like one of your friends politely goes do you know that could be really easily misinterpreted we should probably delete that tweet. yeah and she was about to get on a flight so she didn't read she wasn't able to access oh no because i remember because she yeah. went on a flight and then she got off the flight and she was fired basically yeah and she had like a million and one like yeah. messages on her phone yeah. so she was just like I mean, flights are already shit. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's, yeah, there is the sort of thing where you would just, like, if that happened in your feed, like, if someone posted something that was, I do this, I actually do do this, if someone posts something that's, like, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this, I'll try to explain why I feel that way. Like, hey, maybe, mm. like, this is something that I find problematic in what you've said. I do this to pretty much everybody. Um, and, like, I guess people do it to me as well. Um, mm. But, like, yeah, it's, but, it, and that's, I think that that's constructive where it's like this is sort of this is and you just it's kind of like a pulling someone aside or a critique or something and you just and it doesn't become the huge thing this has become but I think one of the things the reason why this has become so big is because Jeremy's not willing to back down he's not willing to sort of let things go um and like the big sort of instigator of this a few months later 
MTG headquarters gives given to spoiler cards by with the Coast. Um, so these are cards that people haven't seen before. Yeah. And he's really excited. He's had like some. They've stopped communicating with him for the most part. He sort of sees this. He keeps on saying it's like an olive branch. He's pretty excited, and he shows them, and then people start complaining that, like, hey, why are you giving Jeremy these cards? He's a toxic member of the MTG community. And then Wizards release a statement saying it was a mistake and they don't support Jeremy, um, and that something something to do with their PR um, firm messing it up. Um, and so Jeremy gets on the famous live stream with Stargun of a Cad and some guy, I actually don't know his name, but they call him Scrump, um, which is just weird. Uh, I don't fun, know. fun fact, scrumping in the UK is the act of stealing apples from orchards. Is that true? Yeah. Because he's from the UK. He he has like a, I think he's from the UK. He sounded like he was British. There's even an apple called Scrumpy Jack. Wow. Maybe that's what this is related to. Maybe it is, but also Scrump, just as a name, sounds disgusting. <laughs> it, like, sounds, like, festery. So, yeah, they spend a whole couple of hours talking about how this is how these people operate, these people being SJWs, bluehead, feminists, etc., etc. How dare. Um, there are two characters from this conversation that I want to bring up. The first is Sarah Nyberg, and the second is Zach Jesse. So, um, Sarah Nyberg hasn't been convicted of any crimes. Breitbart posted and published an article which shows sections of old chat logs where Nyberg is talking. I mean, from what I saw of the chat logs, it sounds like she's grooming her younger cousin for molestation. Um, well, this is the thing. She says it's all shitposting. Um, that's, that's sort of her argument about it. And I can see how that possibly is true. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to justify it though because it's creepy as fuck. Um, Mm. she has received a whole lot of torment. So she, something that happened, I guess, when Breitbart published it, because you know, they're all class. Um, they, (laughs) they published it with her face and her dead name. So she's trans. Oh, great. So they kind of outed that, which is like, you can criticize someone for saying disgusting and reprehensible things online. You don't have to do that. That just seems like you're shitting out. They're already a public figure. You can already contact them if you just use the name that they use now. Um, Just, like, it was... But yeah, I don't want to sort of... Like, this sort of... It was a weird thing. She was also posting on, like, 4chan or 8chan or something like that, Mm -hmm. where it was like... It's like a place where people shit post and it's supposed to be like storytelling. But then again, it was like from what I read, it was really disturbing. It was, um, yeah, it was like talking about sort of like wanting to sleep with her like eight year old cousin or something and like sort of saying all these different things, like wanting to tickle her feet and stuff, like stuff that sounds like grooming. Uh, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Some people have in sort of the left community have backed her up. I don't feel comfortable doing that because I don't think that I don't even if it was 10 years ago you know it, I don't it's one of those things where I, I can't I can't support someone like that even if they were yeah it's like it's hard to move past very there's there's some specific things where it's hard to move past because they seem like they're really intrinsic yeah and um, you could and I mean if you can just use the excuse oh I'm shitposting I was shitposting then that makes it okay it's like well, then anybody can use that excuse. Like, if you uncover old chat logs of, like, a pedophile, mm. and they're like, oh, I was just shitposting. It's like, were you, though? Like, anybody were could you? use that as an excuse, and I don't want that to become, like, a... Yeah, and, like, um... But then again, you just don't have to ever engage with them. Yeah, exactly. Like, but... So this is this is someone who they brought up. They called her a pedophile. But she hasn't been convicted of any crimes. This is something... Uh, and sort of... And because, I guess... 
um, a lot of people on the left have sort of sided with her, that sort of gives them these things. Like, look at this, you've got this pedophile there in your midst, you have done nothing about it, you've supported them because of the identity politics associated with that, because they are trans. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing I want to talk about is Zach Jesse. So Zach Jesse, on the other hand, has been charged with a crime. He's served his time. Um, I think it was like, oh, hold on, I'll bring up the article, because we will be reading the article at some point. Okay, Zach Jesse was a competitor in MTG. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, Drew Levin, uncovered this old article from a newspaper from Charlottesville. And the way that it sort of basically was outed as someone who was convicted and served time for aggravated sexual assault. Mm-hmm. At first, uh, so Jeremy's the person who introduces this to the chat. He's like, this guy, I think the situation was he, it was like a statutory rape situation. Like he was 18, he had sex with like an underage girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all just kind of like, Oh, yeah, it was probably something light and stupid, you know. It, it was probably something that he didn't really deserve to go to prison for. But then also he went to – they do actually – I think Scrump actually mentions uh, a little bit after he goes and looks it up and he's like, no, it was aggravated sexual assault. Um, but they don't really land on the fact that it wasn't a statutory rape thing, which it wasn't. So I'll just read out um, parts of this article. So April 26th in Charlottesville Circuit Court, 19-year-old UVA, UVA second year Zachary Jesse charged late last summer with rape, pled guilty to aggravated sexual battery. A felony charge carrying jail time to, of 1 to 20 years, and while the felony conviction strips him, uh, strips a, conviv- a criminal of his right to vote and makes job hunting more difficult, for Jesse, things could have been much worse. He faced a possible life sentence if convicted of the original charge. The facts of the case, or what has been... Uh, and and the victim was okay with this. She said that she um, didn't want to see him buried under the jail, is what her lawyer said. She just wanted to see him held accountable. Um, the victim had... The, the, the assault happened. Um, the victim pre-parted with her roommates and friends and drank at least one margarita and several shots of tequila at her Brandon Avenue apartment before heading to a neighbor's apartment for a party. Just hours later, she testified at a mid-December preliminary hearing. She was raped by Jesse both vaginally and anally while slumped over a toilet in her own apartment. The victim, whose identity is being withheld in accordance with the hook policy and who declined to comment for this article, testified that she had never seen Jesse, a graduate a graduate of Richmond's elite college prep school before that night. So the general gist of this being like a relationship thing where, you know, statutory statutory rate where, you know, an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old guy sleeping with a 16-year-old girlfriend. That's not what happened here. He did not know, um, and he pled guilty to that crime. So when Wizards stripped him of his, stripped him of the right to play, also his mm-hmm. online accounts, because he it was someone who people knew, yeah, basically they, they he was he was representing the company. They stripped him of those. I can un- I can understand why people would like maybe women in the game would maybe feel unsafe. Yeah, if he was there, he personally issued a statement where he was like, "Well, no one's ever I've never been accused of anything since then. It's been like it's just ten years later. This was, the article was published in two thousand four. So this is ten. T- this all happened like ten years later. And like she says, he's never been. Nothing's ever happened like that before. Um, he says something like, "I took the deal because I heard that going to to the trial would be a lot worse." Um, the reality, which they bring this up in thing, is that it's unusual for a rape, an acquaintance rape charge, to ever see the light of day, much less go to trial. It's like eighty percent um, go unreported. I don't basically. I can totally understand Wiz's mindset. On one of the hands, it's it is capitalism. It's that they don't want this person representing their brand because that is going to 
hurt their brand. On the other hand, it's also like, yeah, fuck it. I don't want someone who's been charged with rape at a game. Like, if I was at a game, I would be really uncomfortable playing with that person. I would not want to play with that person, basically. Mm. Um, but the thing I is, feel like as far as um, punishments are concerned as well, like not being able to play a game at events seems like it's not too much of a big deal. I mean, you can still play with your friends. It would, I mean, if you're competitive, it would suck. But then again, yeah. you know, maybe like you pled guilty to a crime. We don't have a system right now. And I don't know if we ever will, a prison system where someone goes in, they come out completely reformed. That's like, we don't, we don't have that much faith in our system. And also our systems don't really work that well. This, I was going to say, this is in America. Yeah, well, this is in America. The American prison system is horrifically messed up. Yeah. I don't think like and the the chances of people going back to prison there after they've been in once are it's ludicrously high yeah. because if they do get out I mean it's already difficult to get a job in America if you don't have a criminal yeah um, uh, criminal charges um you can't vote so you have no voice well he did end up um from what I understand Jesse did end up um getting back his civil rights so the right to vote and stuff he did position okay. the court for those but yeah those were originally stripped from him yeah but like you know he would have had a period of time where he yeah exactly and i feel like yeah he's competitive but the potential the fact that he could have potentially gone to prison for life i feel like he should probably consider it's like a lighter kind of thing i don't know i i know that it's all very relative and once you've like he's been out of prison for so long and you know he might think well i've been really good now i haven't even i haven't even considered raping another person so why should I still be suffering? And you're just like, oh. We see a lot of, like, it's so, like, the Me Too thing I think is particularly important when we think about it is that like, people like Harvey Weinstein, even people who have been called out about it and then they keep on doing the same behavior, the behavior becomes worse over time. So people are afraid if someone has shown signs of exhibiting that behavior, they are afraid that they will continue that behavior. They are afraid of them doing it again. With Jesse, to be honest with you, I don't really want to, like, like, I'm not, this isn't about sh shaming him or whatever, it's just like, he, like, I think the, Mad oh, I think Wizards of the Coast, they made the right choice in stripping him of being able to play events because he was bad for their business, he also made women feel uncomfortable, he made a lot more people feel uncomfortable, his rights do not, like, they should not overwrite the rights of many. Like, yeah. they shouldn't override the rights of many, the rights of people, for both people to feel safe and to, uh, and he, yeah, he can still play at home uh, with friends and stuff. He can still buy the product. Um, I guess it's not really a comfort, but the thing that really weirded me out about the whole thing was that Jeremy is bringing up this guy, this guy who was a convicted rapist. He, he they, they, um, they talk about, um, how horrible Sarah Nyberg is. Um, and then they just bring up this guy and it's like, well, he served his time. That should be it. So it's like, who, like, where is the consistency in who you're going to be judging here? Like, where, mm. like, how... So, like, this this one person who, you know, they talked about grooming somebody. Yeah, and... And then someone who was actually convicted. So that's... That was basically... I mean, I guess... And so now he's sort of aligned himself with Sargon, and he be he's become more sort of, I guess, anti-Wizards of the Coast? Well, definitely. Mm. I do love that, you know, you know, uh, you, can, you can tell who, like, the some of the more nasty people in society are. They all just, like, congregate towards Sargon. <laughs> he's like... A, gra a gravitational pull for bullshit. Yeah, and he's got so many. Oh my god, Sargon's. Anyway. Sargon is. I hate him. <laughs> he's gross. Oh, he he makes me like he makes me cringe. 
continue. <laughs> Let's continue. Alright, we're up to Magic the Gather Gate Part 2. Part 2. Resurgence. Numero dos. So this is what's happened recently, um, which is what everybody's been talking about. This is the drama in the MTG community. The Gather Gate in the MTG community. Um, November this year, a prominent cosplayer, Christine Sprankle, decides that she's going to leave. She's going to stop doing cosplay after ongoing harassment. Sprankle specifically made mention of MTG headquarters and unsleeved media being key in targeted harassment. Um, there is a specific video in which he talked about uh, which is talked about a lot, in which Jeremy accuses Sprinkle of manipulating thirsty beta MTV players into providing her money by crying. Um, and there's there's other videos that he created. Um, playset of beta white knights protecting Sprinkle from literal email assault. And playset of beta white knights prevent rape of MTG cosplayer Sprinkle. I got these from like a Polygon article. Apparently they were deleted by YouTube, so they don't exist anymore. But if you can tell by the, the titles, white knights... Yeah, it's very much the um, betas. It's the uh, vocabulary of the alt right. <laughs> so we can see that in there, there's not nice things. Other creators, virtue uh, signalers. <laughs> yeah, well, he does mention virtue signalers a lot. Um, Color me unsurprised. So other content creators in the MTG community has also accused Jeremy of harassment. One of be- which being the professor from Tola- the Tolarian Community College, which is the video I showed you. Yeah, the he one seemed really interesting. Um. <laughs> And also this guy Wedge, who I don't really know all that much about. Um, but Tolarian Community College, that video was called In Response, What We Owe to Each Other. And the general gist being that in the inflammatory videos Jeremy makes about certain people in MTG spur on and direct people to other people's channels. This is something that we talked about in the Game of Get episode. When yeah. you create a whole lot of content about someone, which is why I personally... You're basically ensuring... That they get yes yeah. negative traffic. Yeah, you you are you are insulting this woman for you know doing cosplay. People like really like cosplay. It's like yeah, you're insulting. You're creating these inflammatory videos. You're telling people to, in not so many words, you're telling people to go and troll them, which is basically yeah. what like. And I mean, I guess looking at you, Thunderfoot, <laughs> your obsession with Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> yeah. It, it pushes people towards those things. And I guess that's why I can sort of... I definitely believe he's being harassed. Jeremy's being harassed, which is something that he talks about a lot. Every video, um, <laughs> just I'm being... Like, about how he's being doxxed, about how people are... Like, people are sending him, like, hurtful messages, hateful messages online. And, the, like, I totally believe that, which is something that the Tolerian Community College I said as well, um, the professor... He said, yeah, I totally believe it because that's what happens. It is totally what happens when you become the center of a shitstorm. Yeah. It's just like, are we making the shitstorm or is the shitstorm there because you made it? Which is basically what Jeremy's doing. He's directing all this attention to himself and directing all this attention outward to other people. And when people finally call him out on it, that makes a big storm. One of the side effects of that is that he is going to get trolled. It's not good. It's not right. But that's mm. a side effect of the situation. Yeah, and it's like it's definitely not something to condone. Like I, it's it's the same as the whole like you know I'm fighting for equality with feminism, and then some guy says, "So does that mean I should I can I should hit women now?" And I'm like, "No, I just don't think you should hit anybody." Yeah, just like, don't hit anybody. This is like this is not the uh, it, and um how adver- uh, advertisements like uh I was talking recently about um uh. 
like a magazine, like several page fashion spread that really bugged me because it was being touted as this like feminist thing because it was women in power suits and men in submissive positions with like in their underwear. That's only okay if that's your kink. Yeah, like, I mean, within the confines of a kinky relationship, there are definitely, like, differences. Like, context is mm. key. But, you know, I think the thing that bugged me was that it was it was being touted as this, like, uh, like, oh, no, finally, this is happening. And I'm like, this is not the equality that I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather nobody gets objectified personally, yeah. and yet doesn't carry the same weight as female objectification currently. But... Pushing for it to become the same is not the equality that I want. I want everybody to be treated with respect. You just want nobody to be punched in the face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who knew? Apart from maybe Nazis. But even then. <laughs> but even then, like, I'm just like, I'm not a violence person. I don't like violence. Um, pacifist. I'm a bleeder, not a fighter. Oh, dear. So, um,. Jeremy's statement to Polygon, because he did he did talk to them um, when they were sort of interviewing him, and I did copy it down because I thought it was really interesting, this sort of says. Um, he says she has falsely equated her decision to leave to harassment made by me because of, and this is how he always describes it, a salty video he did over six months ago. He goes into how he's been doxxed, received violence, threats of violence and hateful messages, um reviewed bombs called sexist etc etc um something that he says is that she recently went through a breakup and it looks like i am the recipient of misplaced anger here because oh that's what women are like they can't handle their emotions um so they just target men in this crazy crazy way and then it couldn't possibly be to do with the fact that basically incited a bunch of abuse towards her. Uh, Prominent content creators like the Mana Source and Tolarian Community College have helped single, signal boost this lie of the, her being harassed. Um, and then unlike those who are harassing me, I have documented the harassment in several videos I suggest you watch if you are actually looking to report this on a, a report on this fairly. And I feel bad for the actual victims like myself. So, yeah, that I wanted to bring this up he's he's like he's going he, he basically something that really interests me about jeremy because when i was watching him i didn't and this is the thing i never really sort of hated him he wasn't someone who i like if you like outwardly i was like this person is vile something that i noticed about the way that he talked it was just that he had he has no capacity for insight is what i basically saw yeah. he can see all this stuff happening to him everything is very personal everything is very victimized but when he does something, he understands the intent. When he trolls someone, he's like, oh, well, this is a joke, so it doesn't really matter. He doesn't really understand that other people are not going to see it as a joke. They're going to see it as an opening to openly harass someone. They're not going to. He doesn't understand that some of the stuff that he comes that comes off, it does sort of, it comes off as harassment because that's how that makes that person feel. It's so bizarre that he just has this, this huge shift in inside of his mind where he just cannot. And he's ruminating so much over everything that has happened to him with the harassment and about being abandoned by Wizard of the Coast. Because I think that's got to hurt if you've Mm. been creating free content with them for years and they're being like, well, we don't want you to be a part of us anymore. He's really recently, he's been, he's been banned from tournaments and he's been um, kicked out of his MTGO account, his Magic Online account. 
um, which had a couple hundred dollars, I think, worth of cards on it. Um, there is something really personal and relatable about this sort of about the sort of way that he's just every harsh word that has been said to him he has internalized and he has taken that on as sort of like a a victim statement i don't know it's there's something really personal about like where i can relate to it because it, it reminds me of a lot of sort of different different things that people do and it reminds me of stuff that i've done before where like i sometimes get so personally wrapped up in the way that someone's responded to me that i don't have I haven't had the capacity to look at how, why they've responded in that way to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure that we had, like, an instance of it like that a few years ago as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I do remember this. This is me, like... <laughs> well, I was going through a rough time. But you it was really basically, were. like, me, like, uh, being a kind of a dick. And Hannah just... And, and me being, like, taking something... Oh, I wasn't responding... Hannah didn't invite me to her birthday party, and I saw pictures on Facebook, and I was like, well fuck you then he didn't invite me i thought we were friends and then hannah was like well it was a surprise birthday party i didn't know about it i didn't invite anyone and i was like oh well then sorry (laughs) (laughs) it was just like kind of like a really sort of and then once you get the whole context you're like oh okay yeah i'm the one being a shithead right for the record, I didn't think you were a shithead. I, I honestly, and weirdly, like, I thought that you just, because I knew you were having a hard time, and I didn't see any of your posts, so I just thought, oh, maybe she's just taking a break from Facebook, and then I, could, I went to send, like, post something on your wall, because it was getting near your birthday, and then I couldn't see you, and I'm like, huh, I don't know why. And I, I honestly, like, this is, like, how, you know, whimsically, like, like harsh I was and I'm like oh I wonder if you did your usual July cull and like we just hadn't <laughs> talked in a while and maybe you thought that it like or I didn't like see the post and say no don't don't kick me out or maybe Facebook did that weird thing where it sometimes unfriends people for no reason it was yeah it was a, it was a very it was, yeah so basically we've all, uh, we've all me included <laughs> we had no insight into a situation and once we get that context or like once we sort of understand things better, once we get outside of our own fucking heads and we can see it from other people's perspectives, like, hey, I didn't invite people to my birthday party, then, you know, if we're able to sort of understand the situation better, but Jeremy doesn't have, he doesn't seem to me to have the capacity for insight because he has obsessed over this so much yeah. because people are rewarding him well, for yeah. this obsession and he has the information that's the thing that's really really blowing my mind well, he has all the information but he can't make that connection <laughs> yes exactly so we'll talk about the quartering um which is his new channel which is basically set up to just trash on wizards basically wizards of the coast do you like, think it's like um do you know why he chose the quartering it does sound a little bit like like um humdrum and quarter yeah i think the, that's exactly yeah what he did. okay I, I don't know i don't know why i just think that's why yeah he did that it. was I, I immediately went to well the game is sort of set medievally and like it's from a company that does like medieval style but high fantasy stuff yeah. so and like he wants to dump on them so it probably is a torture thing and hung drawn and quartered is definitely a torture thing yeah so it's i think that it is basically he wants to he wants to sort of publicly shame wizards for everything that they're doing that he sees is wrong um he doesn't just only talk about himself although he does talk about himself a lot he does talk about other stuff he was talking about you know the way that um i watched a video basically this is how deep i got um, I got recommended a video where, like, he was talking about how um, certain um, foil cards, like the fancy cards, certain foil, 
Land, land cards. Um, you've got five different land cards. You tap them um, for mana, basically. So, and the mana allows you to put down other cards. So you want those planes cards out, or those, those sorry, um, those mana, those land, land cards. cards out, because one of them is called planes. That's why you want to give it. Um, so you want to put those um, land cards out, um, and uh, some of the foils were apparently going for like ninety to one hundred dollars. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and he was he was sort of complaining about how that's ridiculous and how like if magic just put um if they didn't make them so rare if they put more of them in there it would probably lower the price of them um that seemed like a reasonable argument but i don't really know all that much about magic cards so uh there you go i've said jeremy is able to make a reasonable argument but then again i don't know that much about it and i don't know if he's capable of making a reasonable argument so he creates this video um that was like all the evidence against his magic ban uh but like some the evidence that wizards of the coast sent him um part of wizards of the coast code of conduct is don't use hate speech don't harass people don't troll or bait people with inflammatory comments and don't post private information about people so these are just four um, really basic four fairly fairly basic things to do and some people get you know banned for a certain period he's um just, i think he's just banned forever um perma ban um, yeah so um it, they just show him tweets of or tweets and sort of messages of what he said about um, people like Flaring Community College and Wedge, um, content creators, um, and he just says, oh, well, that's not harassment, it's not targeted, but it is because he's mentioning them by name, so that's a tar- that's targeting a specific person, and he says it's not harassment, and that's his perception. Um, but there was one where he's like, oh, that's not harassment. Well, trolling's against the rules, too. Like, that's yeah. one of the things that weirds me out about I, it. I love what you said, that they're like, well, nobody reads the terms of service. Yeah, that like, was... Does that, does that really, like, exempt you from them? That just means you didn't read the contract before you signed it. Well, he that's... said that he's talked to lawyers, and that those lawyers say that this would not hold up in court, that they have his money. I think it probably, if anything, it probably would hold up in court. They'd just refund him for the cards that he bought on MTGO. Like, I mean, if that, that was probably, if they're not going to, I don't think, if he did take them to court, which I don't think he will, because I think, I think it's dumb. I think it's a really fucking dumb thing to do. I think it's a waste of time. And like, why is he wasting America, though. Thanks to everyone for everything. Um, Maybe it'll be on Judge Judy. So yeah, there was a, there was a user, Gemma Magic, who he tweeted at, I wouldn't even rape you, after she um, accused him of encouraging rape jokes and threats. Um, I wouldn't even rape you. I would say, he's like, I don't encourage rape jokes and threats. I would say, I wouldn't even rape you does encourage rape jokes and threats. I would yeah. say that that's like kind of just proving her point. Um, she also said that another sort of MTG dude out there, um, Daniel Fournier, has a pedo smile. And like he says this, this, this guy's an open left wing stuff. He just says that he has a pedo smile, so compares it to a picture. And his response to this is like, well, he does. Like, it's such a stupid argument. It's, it's like, you can't, like, he, so he's just like, well, this is, I see this is perfectly rational. I don't, why is everybody victimizing me? It's, it's like Davis Arini again. Is it Davis Arini or what's the guy who he's working with? Jordan Owen. Jordan, Jordan Owen. When he said that Anita Sarkeesian even tries to smile like a white person. And it's just like, she doesn't smile right. She doesn't smile for her ethnicity or something. And I'm like, what? Like, how can you smile in a certain way? Like, it's oh. just your face. Oh my god, why are people like this? <laughs> why? It's like, why are people like this? I, it's funny, we, we do this podcast, and every now and again, we just we just make eye contact and have, like, those moments of, like, oh, this is real life. We're talking about real things and real people who have these real thoughts. It's, <laughs> it is scary. It is scary. Um, 
So we're coming to the end. I just, uh, what we've done is basically given it a rundown and how this guy is ridiculous. We're coming to the end, but our last little section, we're going to be talking about Breitbart. Yay, Breitbart, <laughs> my favorite publication. Well, it's just oh. one article from Breitbart, which I found, I found it a couple of days ago, and it made me um, a little bit chocolate. Um, because it's an article that came out about this whole drama. The drama that's happening now, um, Magic the Gathergate, or he calls it Magic Gate because he's a dickhead, um, when it really should be called Magic the Gathergate. Um, I'm going to open it up. Um, just So anyone who knows anything about news articles, um, even opinion pieces really, or any sort of journalism, you want your heading storm clouds yeah like we really want rain but i kind of want it not to be loud rain (laughs) um so it's you you want your article you want your heading to hook people in Mm -hmm. you want the next sentence that like and the the importance of your paragraphs is um inverted pyramid so the most important stuff goes at the top yep at the bottom is the least important stuff it's just 101 journalism yeah that's what you should be doing but that doesn't always happen (laughs) well it depends on what you want to be important so what you basically most of the time what you want to be important is you know the basic facts of what's happened so if i was writing this article even if i'm taking in sort of an alt-right um a breitbart sort of perspective um or an alt-right anti-sgw spin i would start with something like prominent content creator within the magic and Magic the Gathering community has been placed on a lifetime ban by Wizards of the Coast after dubious accusations made against him. So, see, I'm already pointing out that I think that those accusations are dubious, so I don't think they're all, like, I could say something, like, worse than dubious, like, I could say, like, false or, or something, but I've already, I've given you information. I've basically given you information about what's going on. This person, Jeremy, has been put on a lifetime ban. That's what you need to know for the first section it's like that's that's the first thing that you need to do because that's basically what the story is about now let's go to the bright article it's gonna be good <laughs> first paragraph this is the story of magic gate yes another scandal but one that for a change doesn't involve any actual rape or sexual harassment only game players who like pretending to be witches and wizards that's the first paragraph like gamergate it concerns ordinary people who just want to be left alone to enjoy their hobby it's the second paragraph Ranged against these ingenues is an orcish horde of bullying, preening, self-righteous social justice warriors who believe that everything, even an innocent collectible card game like Magic the Gathering, should be played and policed according to their viciously intolerant, politically correct rulebook. Next paragraph. Even if, like me, you're not among the 20 million people who play Magic the Gathering, what I hope is that you'll, uh, what I hope you'll appreciate is that this is a story that should concern us all. Next paragraph. By the end, I hope you'll feel as angered as I am by this ugly, scary power grab by the repressive left, and I hope you want to join me in making your voice heard by hitting the people responsible where it hurts most, in the bank, in their bank balance. So right now, I've gone through, that's one, two, three, four, five. That's five paragraphs. Do you want to know how long it takes for him to actually mention Jeremy? How many paragraphs it takes? And uh, the paragraphs do get longer than those. Those are basically one sentences, but do you want to know how many paragraphs it takes? Uh, nine? Fifteen. 15 <laughs> until they mention him um another four paragraphs after that to mention the lifetime ban so what he's trying to do here is lead into he's trying to yeah because nobody incite anger what before he knows, you even get information no because like so many people 
I'm going to open up that thing. And they're going to read about a lifetime bag in the gathering community. And they're going to be like, I don't want to fucking read this. That's for nerds. And they're going to put it away. And they get like, oh, shit. No one's going to get angry at these social justice warriors because they're not reading the article. They're not seeing how they should be angry. So what he needs to do, this James Dellingpole, he needs to incite that anger off the bat. Um, just by creating this bullshit. And I was yeah. reading it. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, because you get... 10 paragraphs in and you're just like when the fuck is the story gonna start here when is it gonna happen that's the thing that most people won't even see it that way they'll be seeing it as this is the story and it's a like the way he's presenting it sounds he's making it sound like a big big thing and it's like um and people uh, are gonna stop loads loads and loads of people are happening but like it's a story about one guy who did really stupid shit that then got him banned. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like one guy who's creating this fucking shitstorm. And, like, the, the thing about it is that, like, people are, because that's what happens when you read those articles. The reason why you put the most prominent stuff on top is because gradually people drop off when they read an article. They drop off when they start to lose interest. And people are going to drop off once they finally get to Jeremy, uh, Jeremy and then later they're going to drop off when it gets to or, or people are going to drop off when they start talking about magic because they're going to be like or they, when they start talking about the content drama they're going to drop off at those points but what they're going to remember is all the you should be angry at social justice warriors yeah. for it because there's so many so many people who just want to play their card game who are being policed by the tolerant in, uh, um, inverted commas left <laughs> it's yeah it's Exactly like that. And I mean, I know that you guys, if you're listening to us, you probably know that Breitbart is not um, quality journalism. But a lot of people read it, a lot including of the president of the United States. <laughs> That's not depressing at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that like fade off yeah. was probably an accurate <laughs> response to my singing that. <laughs> yeah, so we're that's basically what we've got Jeremy, people around Jeremy they're making, they've got the resources and they've got the skill to make this a huge huge issue what's missing is that if you just took this one person out, this person who was always calling people cancers, who operates like a cancer, if you removed him, then all of this would go away, there would be much less drama like, there wouldn't be, he's, he's the one who is inciting all of this hate. And, I mean, there are other people. There are obviously going to be people in magic who are shitheads. It's something that he yeah. says. It's like, there are going to be misogynists. And, but, and like, he's an a-, a enabling them. And B, he's a, he was a big name in the community. Yeah, he's like, enabling you... them. And it's, it's just, like, you're going to find shitheads in any community. That just happens. It's just, like, it honestly You just can't happens. get rid of shitheads. It's one of the biggest frustrations of life there are a lot of shitheads out there they tend to move around a lot of different circles you're gonna meet them you're gonna have to deal with it in some way or another and it's always gonna be a bit of a shitty time but you deal with it and you hope for the best other than wizards of the coast don't actually have to support someone who they feel is gonna be harassing people like that's yeah. just and you harass people perma-ban yeah. especially if you're prominent especially if you because like, that's the thing can you imagine how many people who 
must have followed him initially and then as his true colors came out they would have had to drop off and unsubscribe and stuff yeah like and there's like an element of you know sadness in that like i i definitely know that i've supported certain content creators who have then said or done something that just was really vicious and nasty and i'm just like i am actually upset like i don't know you personally i know i shouldn't feel this upset about somebody who i don't know and who, but like it's it's always really difficult like i had it with lacy green back in the day i thought that she was a really positive role model for young women um she oh i feel very off. conflicted about i feel very ambivalent about lacy green i don't hate her but i feel very ambivalent about her yeah but like it's I don't really care much about her anymore, but at the time when all this, like, when the shift happened, yeah. it was really quite uh, a jarring situation because she was such a force for good for so long. And it's like, I don't even think that she's necessarily not a force for good anymore. I just think that she's really misplaced where she's supposed to be. Or she's just really misplaced in a lot of things. I think that's something that ha- I think it like to the point where I just don't even engage. Like I avoid anything yeah. to do with her. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's too it's too much. I have watched some stuff after she after she came out with her red pill videos, which were quite misleading. But they weren't going into all the like. She made it seem like it was kind of like a good sort of thing about opening your eyes and seeing that there is toxicity in all these communities. I don't, that's yeah, not you what can, a red pill is. No, well, you can, the thing is, you can recognize that and not just, like, and, I mean, I will definitely give her one thing, and that is that she had to put up with so much bullshit, and not just from, like, alt-right and men's rights activists when she yeah. was in left-wing. And also, like, rad femmes who were like, yeah. you can't talk about, you can't be sex-positive, which she... Yeah, the, like, swerfs, I think, were, like, the worst for her. Um, along with turfs as well. Yeah. And any, and, like, transphobes and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, she's not wrong, like what I was saying earlier, she was not wrong about the fact that there are a lot of people on the left that demand perfection. Yeah. And... You just can't do that. It's impossible. Like you, you learn from mistakes. Humans are mistake-making machines. It's how we learn the most effectively. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I almost don't blame her for going to the right because once you're in amongst like centrist and right-wing people, mm. they tend to be really supportive of you because you're in the minority in their yeah. Um, well, in like their you were saying group. before, where it's like um, it, it's like. They do have a sort of they're a lot ease they're a lot better at sort of welcoming people in and like mm-hmm. allowing them some mistakes and um, many ways and like they will make excuses for people they do yeah. try and you know whereas I feel like that is it's not that it's rarer in the left I think it's just that it's not as vocal and it doesn't resonate as much like, yeah. You know, it's like loads of things. You know, part of the reason that in like mental health care, you're supposed to write down what you're grateful for and like write it down and yeah. keep it there so you can read it later is because it's so much easier to fixate and remember bad things happening. That's just how your brain works yeah. because it's a, a strategy for avoiding it in the future. Yeah. Um, but then it's sort of like it's, it's you also want to value accomplishments and also things that yeah. you're happy because otherwise you're just stuck in bullshit for 
um, a brain shit show. Yeah, and it's um, and she did have a lot of time suffering from a lot of depression and um, anxiety and other mental health issues. So yeah. Well, she was like she like the one of the reasons why she went offline in the first place was because of mental health issues. Yeah. Um. She was like, I can usually deal with sort of the shit that gets thrown towards me, but when I, because I did watch the Ruben Report interview with her, of course I did. Um. <laughs> I I haven't watched it. <laughs> I haven't watched anything with Lacey Green. I think I watched the Red Pill video, and then I was just like, right, I'm just going to disconnect from this. Yeah. She had a she had a debate with um, a few people, including or a couple of people, including Contra, which was actually really interesting. Yeah, I think I would be interested in um, listening to that because and they um, basically have like for the most part they have pretty similar beliefs, mm-hmm. um, like just in in general. Yeah, I don't think that a lot of her core beliefs will have changed. No, no, there's, but... it's it's more like just the way that she sort of I think yeah I think that the reason why she sort of moved towards like publicly being more center is because um even though her like her belief systems like i think they seem like a lot of them seem rational but they are what people would say are crazy leftist ideals Mm. she's moved she's moved more towards the center because people are going to stop like even sargon's like being nice to her now that she doesn't associate with the feminist community which is so fucking weird because he was such a dick to her yeah and like she engages with him now as well yeah like i think but then again it's like her like she said this it's her decision who she wants to forgive and that's what you have to yeah you have to um accept that it's a yeah i was gonna say respect and i'm like well maybe not respect but except, except. Like, yeah, accepting I still that. think Saigon's a shit bag. But if she wants, if that's the, if that's her way of, if that's how she feels like her life is gonna be better. If she doesn't hate this person, then good on her. All right, so it is now raining. You probably will hear some thunder in because I'm just not that good at taking out background noise. But hopefully, I'll take out most of it. Um, we don't have a sound booth. This is my living room. I basically just put um, soft things and blankets over hard surfaces in the hope to reduce echo. That yeah. is my part. <laughs> yeah, I and I come here and, and use um, Hannah's sister's microphone and <laughs> my laptop and her laptop and Hannah's laptop and um and uh, save everything onto a USB. We are the budget queens. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so I hope you guys are ha- happy New Year. By the time you get this, it will be New Year. So, um, I hope you guys are yeah. Welcome to twenty eighteen. Fucking here's hoping it's a little bit better. <laughs> oh my god, I could use a break. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we've had a good year with you guys, at least. Yeah, um, you guys have been great. I like that I've been able to call you guys cucks. Um. I mean. <laughs> I'm like criticizing Jeremy for using the word cucks, but I use the word cucks all the time, and I love but you we, fucking cucks. We're affectionate with the the term because I'd rather um, date someone who calls himself a cuck than calls themselves an alpha. But for sure, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you have any comments or anything, you can always post on our Facebook page, or um, send us a message, or engage with us on Twitter or at, at uncultured cucks. Yeah, because capital would fit, and it, also because it's you too guys are cucks. long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our our title is too long for the Twitterverse, so we're unc- at uncultured cucks. 
And yeah, look up Uncultured Capital on Facebook if you want to join our Facebook page. Um, and do remember, if you listen to this on SoundCloud and think that you can only listen to it on SoundCloud, that is incorrect. It's on iTunes, and yes. we're also we're on any every podcast thing. Like yeah. I have us on um, Pocket Casts because that's the podcast thing I use. But yeah, you can find us on any podcast thing, so it will you can get notifications that we've posted. Um, and yeah, I always notify on Twitter as well. So don't be afraid to drop us a message on Facebook. You can private message us if you want to just yes. talk to us personally because we both get those notifications. Yeah. Um, you can, if you really need to, you can like at Nina or at Hannah if it's something for one of us specifically, but otherwise one of us will respond to you. And yeah, tweet us if you want. Hannah will probably be tweets. responding to all the tweets. I will do the tweets. <laughs> I do the tweets. I'm the Twitter one. Yeah, and I'm, um, I'm, uh, we both could use the Facebook, but I'm more of the Facebook harasser. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Happy, happy New Year. We love you guys. Um, yeah. Eggplant emoji. Splurge emoji. Yeah. Peach seems- emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all get those emojis. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Whichever one pertains to you. Whichever one you prefer. Yeah, whichever one you want. See us. Bye.